0: Welcome to the Five Times podcast. To see a legend near you, check out the events page on our website fivetimes.co.uk
1: Big welcome to the Five Times podcast. Neil Mellor with you to talk about another great week for Liverpool Football Club. Two Anfield wins of course against Sunderland in the Premier League and one that takes us to another League Cup semi-final with that win over Leeds United. Nobody's won it more times than us but can we go that one step further this year after the disappointment against City on penalties last season and we've got more chance of doing it also with young lads who've been excellent in coming in for the games so far in the cup run. we'll discuss that with one of our best ever and a man who witnessed all of our big stars emerge in recent times John Barnes will join us also, got Terry McDermott. He was at the Leeds victory. He's going to be chatting to us too, mentioning Lucas and his admiration for him as a professional footballer. And also, Hugh McCauley, he's steered through many youth talents throughout the years. So, how would he deal with this latest crop? There's been loads of gigs announced by the Five Times Legends in the run up to Christmas and into the new year too. So check out all those details on www.fivetimes.co.uk for details on that. Also, on there in the shop section, some great gift ideas for Christmas presents as we approach the festive period for any Liverpool fan in your life Right, Five Times Podcast, let's get started.
0: To hear previous podcasts, checkouts and rate our page on iTunes Thanks for listening
1: Okay, now on the Five Times Podcast it's time for one of our best Let's start with the headline maker this week John John Barnes joins us John, Ben Woodburn, he's got all the headlines this week after that impressive display against Leeds United, getting that goal of course. How impressed were you?
2: Yeah, of course, we know the quality that that a lot of the players have at the academy. But once again, Jurgen Klopp went to great pains and he's absolutely right in not getting carried away and not to make comparisons. Of course, he broke Michael Owen's record as the youngest now scorer for Liverpool. But the difference is that when Michael Owen became the youngest scorer for Liverpool, he was was going to be a regular in the team from that day and play regularly and be our main striker. Whereas the comparisons, because I doubt whether he's going to be involved in the squad. Um, maybe in the cup possibly, but for the rest of the season. So we shouldn't really put too much pressure on them once again because we've seen it so often. Uh, So it's a bit unfair um, for us to be doing that.
1: What's next then for someone like Ben Woodburn? He's only 17. You mentioned he gets that goal against Leeds. Will he be involved perhaps at the weekend against Bournemouth or not?
2: I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, he played in the cup. Um, He's going to go back to doing what he has done. You know, there are very few Wayne Rooney's, Michael Owens who come along. And of course, there are lots of good young players and they've got great potential, but they have to handle them properly. And just for the very fact that he played and scored doesn't mean that he's going to be on the bench necessarily. I mean, he may. I don't know what Jurgen Klopp's thinking. But I know that he is not going to be in Liverpool's squad, generally speaking, between now and the end of the season. So to then either put that much pressure on him or to tell him, you know, how great he is because he scored a goal against Leeds, to, to then heap that pressure on him, I think it's, it's, it's not fair on him.
1: Another young player who did extremely well was young Trent Alexander Arnold. He's only 18, put in a fantastic ball, didn't he, for Origi's opening goal?
2: Absolutely. And once again, are we, is he going to be playing right back for Liverpool or full back for Liverpool in the, next, in the next six months? I doubt it very much as well. So we have to allow these players time to develop, and they develop where they are. They're at the right place at the academy, playing in the Honor 21s. Um, and, you know, for the future, it looks good, but not if, not if we uh, overemphasize. Um, their potential—they've got good potential, but they haven't realised it yet. So, you know, we'll have to keep his feet fair, firmly on the ground as well.
1: How, how do you fulfil that potential? We talk about avoiding distractions all the time. These are very, very young players who—well,
2: first of all, you have to say, do they? I mean, when Michael Owen was a sixteen-year-old player, seventeen, he got in the first team and was a regular in the first team. These aren't Michael Owens. They're not Wayne Rooney's. They're not Robbie Fowler's. So, you know, fulfilling that potential—is there a potential to go all the way and become a Michael Owen? Probably not. But not many but they can still have great careers without being Michael Owens. So to be comparing them with the Michael Owens and the Wayne Rooney's, I think, is very unfair. Now fulfilling their potential is to maximize the, the, the ability they have and is, there, is maximizing their ability I don't know enough of them enough about them to say maximizing their ability means that they're gonna be Liverpool's first team next year. That is probably not going to be the case. So that is why you just have to allow them to develop at their own pace, um, and, and see where it takes them.
1: I have to ask you about Ben Woodburn, just finally on him, because a lot's being said about what country he's going to represent. The English FA expressing interest in him, but of course he's played for Wales under-19. We've seen Wales do that before with young Harry Wilson, who's at Liverpool's academy, Play, got one cap. He hasn't been seen since in the Wales squad. Do you think it's going to be a good battle between England and Wales for Ben Woodburn to see who he, who he eventually plays for? Well,
2: the battle, the battle that young Mr Woodburn has is to try and see whether he can get in Liverpool's first team squad again. You know, you're talking about playing for Wales, but he can't even get in Liverpool's team because, of course, because he scored now, there's people are talking about a clamor for, for whether he's going to play for England and Wales. And we've seen so many young players who wouldn't even make it to England or Wales under-21s, but because they've done well, we're now, you know, uh, saying who should he choose to play for. What he should do is try and improve as a footballer. And then the international situation will take care of itself because he's not ready to play for Wales or England. Even the under-21s, he's not ready to play for them on a regular basis. So if all of a sudden we then start to overemphasize how good, you know, we, we, can, we can't, we can't overemphasise how good we think he possibly is. But at this moment in time, he's not ready for even England on a 21 team on a regular basis or Wales on the 21 team on a regular basis. So to be thrusting him into the limelight of playing for England or Wales, I think it's once again unfair on him.
1: Yeah, John, the young lads did ever so well, didn't they? They were involved in that impressive League Cup victory against Leeds in the quarterfinals. But let's not forget, we progressed through now to the semi-finals of the League Cup. How important is the League Cup for Liverpool this season?
2: A trophy is always important. You know, because of course, once upon a time when the importance of either the league or the Champions League took precedence for a lot of the big clubs to play second string teams, then all of a sudden you see that fans won a trophy if you're not going to win the league and the League Cup added, to added importance. Now of course, you use the opportunity to develop, uh, but now you're getting into the semi final stage. So, in a semi final, it meant against. Manchester United, for example, will we see these young players play? I doubt it very much. So I think now getting into the semi-final is a serious side of things. So it'll be important because trophies are always important.
1: John, it's 15 games now unbeaten for Liverpool, real momentum building. But throughout that period, Jurgen Klopp's made changes through many games and the players seem to be coming in throughout the squad and still maintaining the good form and good results.
2: Yeah, and of course, we're going to be without Coutinho now as one of our most important players. But it's always said that the way the team plays is important and everybody has a value. Um, So, yes, I think we will miss him, but I think, you know, we have enough confidence, enough quality in the squad. But of course, as you say, it's only 15 games gone, you know, so it's 15 games unbeaten. There's still a long way to go and he's not getting carried away um, because we still have to show this level of intensity, determination, desire and humility all the way through to the end of the season. Um, But I'm sure with Jurgen Klopp there, he'll keep the lads feet firmly on the ground and keep them motivated and focused on, on each game and take it as it comes.
1: John, looking ahead to this weekend, we've got Coutinho out, Firmino's a doubt, Sturridge's a doubt, Lalana touch and go whether he'll be fit or not. But Origi stepped in, two goals in two. He seems to be filling those attacking boots very well.
2: Yes, I mean, you always want your best players available. So, of course, you know, we will be missing a few players. But, you know, with what we have, with Shields and, and, and the confidence they were actually playing with, we should still have enough to beat Bournemouth. But this is the Premier League. You see how well Bournemouth have done, even when they've actually lost you saw them against Arsenal so you know it'll be a test but with the confidence that we actually have I think that you know we should come through.
1: Just to finish with John wanted to ask you about Stephen Gerrard he called it a day last week retiring from professional football how good was he?
2: Oh he was one of the best I've said him and Kenny are the two best players people I've ever had um, but, but Stephen has been away for for over a year as much as he's announced his retirement. You know, in my, in my opinion, when he went to America, yes, he went to America and, he, you know, his career continued. But, I mean, you know, he retired from English football or top-quality football when he, when he left Liverpool. So, while this is the definitive retirement, um, it, it, it really comes as, as, as no surprise. But, you know, in terms of what he's achieved at Liverpool, you know, as I said, it's difficult to choose between him and Kenny, but those two, for me, have been the best in Liverpool ever.
1: John Barnes, thanks very much for joining us on the Five Times podcast.
0: Coming soon to a city near you, the Liverpool Legends. For more information and ticket prices, check out our websites. Fivetimes.co.uk.
1: Right, let's speak to a man now who had a huge influence on so many young players coming through the Liverpool youth ranks into that first team, of course. Tuesday night we saw a few young players from the Academy making that step up to the first team and, and doing extremely well. H, hey, it was a uh, McCauley joined us. H. Hey, it was a real proud night, wasn't it, for the Academy against Leeds United on Tuesday?
3: Yeah, very good night. And 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 the fact is you're talking about two young players who I first seen I first seen last year playing against Manchester United for the under eighteens. And they both did very, very well in that game and it was arguably under 18s best performance against United, beat them four 0 on that occasion, and both Trent and and Ben figured promptly in that game and you want to keep an eye on them from then on in and think these, these could do well. And they've gone on and developed excellently, pushing on to under-23s and quite deservedly uh, moving up and, and Jurgen Klopp's given an opportunity to play at first-team level and they both did exceptionally well and, uh, and, and hopefully in the future now stake the claim. The fact that they can play there and a lot to learn, but uh, first signs are really good signs and uh, an excellent work for them and excellent work for the academy.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Ben Woodburn scored a goal. He's only 17. Trent Alexander-Arnold only 18. Still very, very young, as you say. Mm-hmm. You saw them last year in the 18s doing extremely well. But it is a big step, isn't it, to, to go from youth football into that first-team environment?
3: Yeah, a massive step. A massive step. And the good thing is they've both got the temperament and they've got, both got the mental strength to, to handle a situation in front of a full house against Leeds and playing with senior players and against senior players. And the senior players there last night were there with them. They were helping them along, taking the ball off them in the right situations, giving that support. And the fact that they're both natural footballers blend, blended in very nicely with, with what they were doing on, on the field. Trent is a, an excellent defender and breaks forward very, very quickly down that right-hand side and can combine very quickly with players he meets on his way, whether through midfield or through the attack. And when he can get in that wide position, delivers great balls, which you seen for the first goal last night uh, for Liverpool, and and that's what he does very well. He's a good defender. I'm sure Jurgen Klopp and the coaches that Moog will be working a little bit more defensively as well with him on one or two things that he needs to strengthen up on. But that's all part of the learning process. Uh, but an excellent start for him. Ben comes on in the second half, and again, it's the both high energy players. And that's what takes your eye as well, isn't it? They're both high-energy players. They can both make a contribution through their energy up and down the field. With Ben, it's in and around the box as well. He is very instinctive, always looking for an eye for the goal. And you'll know about yourself in them situations, being a forward. He's always looking to get in the end of crosses, which he did do for his first goal last night. What a, what a, what a dream start for him. And that's Ben Woodburn. He'll he'll link up with midfield players in normal play. He'll work back defensively, which we've seen one or two signs of last night as well. And he wants to make his contribution. So he's a team player, but he's also an excellent individual player who can make things happen in and around the penalty area. So, so two good pleasing starts for both of them.
1: Yeah, H. I mean, you've been a coach in, in that position before when you've had young players breaking through into the first team. How do you maintain that focus for them for that next step? It's it's
3: a. It's bringing them back down to earth and and getting them ready for the next game. That might be involved at first team level. We don't know. If it's not, it's at the under 23 level. And I'm sure Michael Beale and his coaching staff under 23 will get them prepared to play in the next game if that's where it is that they play. And they've got to keep the focus and they've got to keep the attitude right. And they've got to prove to all the staff that they're worthy of another game. And they'll be looking forward to another game and their attitude's gonna stay the same. Whatever team they play in, they've gotta then then they've got to convince players and they've got to convince staff, first and foremost, that they were worthy of the chance. They took the opportunity to to impress the crowd, to impress the coaching staff, and now going back to under twenty three level again, that's their team. They have to produce and they have to do well and wait for the opportunity. To, to get another opportunity when the situation allows it to happen. It doesn't happen all the time. You have to be patient. And when it's available, I'm sure the manager is going to be thinking about those two players and what they can bring to the plate and what they can give to the team. That's the key, isn't it? And how much they've learned from the, the game against Leeds. What can they pick up on? Things they've got to improve on. Uh, but there's certainly there's nothing wrong with their enthusiasm, because they're both, as I said before, really high-energy players, and they put a lot into a game. And, and, and both players who can impact on the game and can influence the results, certainly a lot of games on the 23 level. So hopefully, they, in, in the future, they can do it at the first-team level.
1: Yeah, uh, w- one thing I wanted to ask you, H, was that, you know coming from the academy, spent so many years there as a coach, did a first-team manager ever ask for your advice with, with the young players that he inherited from the academy in and around the first-team?
3: Yeah, I think that's an ongoing discussion that we have all the time with, with young players. Uh, yes, they did. We talk about it in the changing room after the game. In in, in in my days, we were we allowed into the changing room after the game, certainly the first team matches and to help with the stuff that needed to go on, but also to discuss the game and discuss the players that had been involved in that game. And and everybody was discussed in, in the right sort of way even the young players, and how they're going to improve and what they need to work on. I think that's an ongoing situation, and particularly now, the the manager at the club at the moment has a really good relationship with the academy. I'm sure that conversation is ongoing with the coaches and what they need to work on. And a lot of it is fine-tuning. It's picking up now on the on the finer points to play at that level. They are good footballers, and they know the game. The game is played at a lot quicker pace and they'll realize that now, and they have to make decisions uh, quickly. They have to be in position uh, quickly, and from there, then, they have to be able to hold their own and have that mental strength and that ability to influence the game and to, to do well for the team. And more importantly, the lads themselves will want to improve will want to work harder to make sure that that opportunity they've had will move on to further opportunities down the line.
1: Yeah, I mean they're still very young. We keep mentioning their age because they are so yeah. young. Ben Woodburn and seventeen, obviously Trent only eighteen. There's going to be mistakes along along the way. There could be yeah. loss of form. You know, the expectancy may be a little bit higher because they've had a, a taste of first team action. when when they do fall out of line, perhaps if they have been distracted, you know, look at social media as a real distraction to young players nowadays. Who brings them back in line? Is it you, you the coach? Is it the, the parents? First team manager who who helps them with that?
3: I'd like to think it's it's a it's a combination of the two. The the structure and the family structure and that strength behind them certainly keeps them in good stead and keeps that focus and that stability at home. And then after that, yes, I think it is a coach. We were, we were fortunate to work with some fantastic footballers, and you were part of that yourself at one at one time. And the thing is, the thing is, I think we gain the trust of the players that we help develop over that period of time. And and if players trust you if players trust you, they'll come and they'll talk to you. And that's a, that's a general understanding and relationship that you will have with that player. That's going to help him professionally. Uh, And after each game, whether it be 18s, 23s, first team level now, which is a lot more, not more important from, from, from that point of view for their development now, because that's the stage they're at where they've moved on and they've made the debuts. But, from a coaching point of view, they will be there. The coaches in that the academy will be there to talk to to both those players on, on what they need to do, how they need to push on, what they need to focus on. And if, they need to, if the players themselves need any advice, then that will be a conversation that will take place. And they will have the confidence and the trust in their coaches who, who work with them now for years to go and talk to them and to say well what do you think about this and what do you think about that what do we need to do better in the game because they're watching they're watching they're all watching they're waiting to see how they do
1: yeah I mean you know as a coach you know that distractions are one of the biggest things that can affect a player fulfilling that potential now I have spoke about social media before these young players they're all on it 50 or 100,000 followers is this a good thing would you allow it or is it best that they stay away from that and really focus on on achieving fulfilling that potential
3: well, I think the best ones do. I think the best ones are focused on what they've got to do. We do live in a different world nowadays regarding regards to social media. It's, if it's not going to be one set of circumstances, it'll be another set of circumstances regarding social media. So they're out there anyway. The young players are out there anyway, and, and that's part of life nowadays. It's not even a football thing. It's a social thing. It's everywhere now. Everything is so open, and everybody knows what everybody else is doing. If you like, and that's that's the world we live in. From a football point of view, the more isolated you can you can keep yourself as regards you to so having your your family, your close friends, and them being focused on what you have to do. It's a, it's your personal responsibility to do whatever you have to do to be in the best physical condition and the best mental condition to represent your football club, in our case Liverpool. So. My advice to them would always be to be selfish in that respect, to look after themselves, talk to the people that they trust, and continue to look for that advice that's gonna get them where they want to get to. And only they will get themselves there eventually, but along with the expert advice and the friendship that they'll have, and the confidence they'll get from talking to people who've already influenced their career along the road. so. They will, need, they will need the people around them to get them where they want to go to, yeah.
1: Great advice, H. And you've given it to so many players over the years, myself included, very grateful for that. But one player in particular who, who called it a day last week, Stephen Jarrod, who was magnificent for Liverpool, wasn't he, over the years? I mean, just tell us, you know, perhaps a couple of memories from what you have of, of Stephen, you know, growing up through the youth days and then into Liverpool's first team.
3: When we, when we spoke about Stephen with... with with his retirement from Liverpool and his last game a couple of years ago, if you like, in, in, in front of the cup. It's, it's, you remember all the key type incidents with, with Stephen, and from senior, some senior memories are obviously Istanbul, and obviously the West Ham Cup final, if you like, that type of thing. But certainly as a young player, and I always say as a young player, Stephen was doing things then, that he did later on, playing in Liverpool's first team all the time, except that he's bigger, he's stronger, and he can do both things better. And that's and that's Stephen. He we talk about personal development and getting to where you want to go to. Stephen was focused. That's the key word, isn't it? Focused. He was focused all the time on where he wanted to be. Even as an eight and nine year old coming into the sense of excellence days at the old the Sanctuary Sports Centre. You knew, in the way he plays football, his five-a-side games, his commitment to the game, his winning mentality that followed him all the way through, all the way through. And then we go to the local games against Everton and Manchester United, where he was desperate to to do well in those games, which he did and influenced those games. And along the way, again, there was times where we needed to speak, and we needed to sort things out, and then the parts maybe that the general public don't see because it's not all it's not all the best things all the time it's times where you go through where you've got to sort things out for his own development and talk one or two things through and and that we did that with Stephen as well so that's the development process that takes place all the time with young players because it's it's a, it's a hard profession and it can be a cruel cool pro- uh, profession so he was, one, he was one who moved on and was confident of his own ability every time he played. So much so that by the time he did make his debut, we were confident as coaches that given the right situation, he would step into that unfazed about what he has to do and what he had to do on the field. And he was playing with good players. He had fantastic natural ability. And he was going to make his presence felt more and more and more. After the games he'd played, more and more games, he was going to get better and better. And he's fulfilled his dream and he's gone on in a, in a fantastic career. And an iconic figure, not only in Manchester, but around around the world. And a tremendous inspiration for young players everywhere to to see what you can do. You know, the Stephen Gerrard of this world don't come along that often, but he was a lad, a local lad, who was determined to get where he wanted to get to.
1: and he he did it yeah I mean it's fantastic insight really from someone who gave so much to Liverpool Football Club Hughie McCauley thank you very much for joining us today on the Five Times podcast
3: pleasure
1: absolute pleasure Neil
0: this is the Five Times podcast the voice of the ex-Liverpool players
1: right let's start with the man who won the League Cup on a couple of occasions to go with so many others in a hugely successful career Terry McDermott joins us on the Five Times podcast Terry you were at Anfield v Leeds what did you make of that?
4: Um, yeah, it was great that he blooded a few young kids, which was great. one of them scoring, fantastic. Must have been fantastic for his for the parents of them young kids. I was very, very impressed with the right fullback. I thought he had a great game certainly in the second half. Um, so it was great. I mean, it wasn't a great game. Let's be honest. It wasn't. A, you know, the first half was very average, but second half was a lot, a lot better. Probably deserved to win, but. It was just getting through because obviously Liverpool got injuries and everything. Um, but, but it was just... It's, it- great to see blood in them young kids you know I thought, I thought they I all run very very well
1: He was quite brave though wasn't it of Jurgen Klopp you know Ben Woodburn he comes on scores the goal Trent Alexander-Arnold local Scouts boy playing right full-back doing extremely well even Ajaria in midfield 17-18 these are 19 year old very very young lads but Jurgen Klopp's brave enough to play them in a quarter-final at Anfield in front of a full house
4: Yeah yeah I mean it must have been a great feeling for them you know certainly for their parents as well you know sometimes when you're involved in the game you're in like a, a little bubble aren't you um you, you're not aware of everything that's around you you know but when you're sat in the stand like their parents and, and brothers and sisters and everything and sat there must have been such a proud day for them but but to score a goal in the cop as well for the for the young lad, i thought it was fantastic and great result but one step from wembley why, you know, so another visit there would be nice wouldn't it well,
1: well how important were the senior players in that performance against Leeds we're mentioning the young players who did extremely well but the senior players around and the likes of Lucas, Clavin even Emre Chan's probably seen as a more senior player as well really helped the young players
4: I think Lucas without out to shadow it down, I mean, you can see on the pitch you know, he's, he's leading by example really he's not that big a guy is he? he's been playing centre back and he, he, you know, every time he's played there he's never let us down um, but we've got we, we we played some good stuff, some good football. We have got a lot of quality going forward, um, and for the, with them players coming back at the weekend, hopefully like Lalana, who's who obviously missed. Doherty's got a bit of a knock. Um, we just need to get our best players. And unfortunately, our best player, I think, is, is going to be out for five or six weeks. So you know we're, we're going to miss him. But um, I think, we're up to now, the season's been fantastic. You know, I think the football that we play, the excitement, the chances that we've created. And um, if they carry on like that, there's no reason why, come the end of the season, we're there or thereabouts. I'm not getting carried away and say we're going to win it. And what I'm saying, We've got a chance to win, isn't
1: it? Yeah, well, you mentioned Lucas as well as a short time ago. We've seen him as a central midfield player and he's done very well. I mean, there's speculation every transfer window is going to be leaving, but he's still been at Liverpool, longest serving player at the moment. He's been outstanding. But do you think that centre-half role now suits him a little bit more?
4: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And he, he, he looked comfortable on the ball as well, which helps as well, uh, panicking and that. He's probably, if, if it's anything, it's, you know, because of his... His size is not the biggest, is he? You know, when you get big bruises up front, you know, they drop onto him. H- long balls into him, and he's not going to win many. But I tell you what, he does not put them off as well, doesn't he? He's not frightened to go and jump with them. He's not frightened to tackle a, for a midfield player. No, he, I mean I think he's been he's been really good, and he's good for to have around your club, you know, because he he seems a real, real nice guy.
1: Terry, I'm not sure if you're aware, but he was—he uh, knew a few people who were involved in that Brazilian tragedy, the playing cross, oh, recently in Colombia. And it was a tough night for him to play, but as you're saying, you, you couldn't have told because he was exemplary out there and still performing to such a high standard.
4: Well, uh, well I didn't know that. You've I mean, you just told me that now, you know. But you, you, obviously, he put it back of with mind, but as soon as that game finishing, you know, he'd be in mourning like everybody else. It's, it's tragic, absolutely tragic what's happened. And um, for him, so you've got to admire him even more, you know, to put on a performance like he did yesterday after, you know, having the bad news that he's had early on in the, the afternoon, you know, so you've got to give him credit for that.
1: Yeah, I just want to mention Coutinho. You said that he's been one of Liverpool's standout performers this season. It was a frustrating day for him against Sunderland. He had a man-to-man mark. something you don't see too often in modern-day football. But Dineo was on him and it was it was a frustrating day for him and then made worse by that injury.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not by both... 10 minutes ago before he got injured i said i turned around to dave johnson i was watching the game with him and i said to him you know look at that fella he's following him everywhere he goes you just watch what he does he was a long-haired fellow wasn't he and um, i said i said just right he'll watch he'll be going wherever he goes he'll be looking behind him and then he actually got 20 yards away from him from uh, and and then soon as he'd lost the ball you could see him looking around where's continue gone? And he eventually stood, went and stood by him again. Two minutes later, he does what he did. You know, that's sod's law, isn't it? You know, but um, anyway, we've got to show the people who've got, to, they've got they're going to have an opportunity. They've got to take it, haven't they? Yeah. And.
1: A lot's been made of our defence this season. You know, a little bit of criticism. We've conceded some soft goals, but the back line that has performed, that seems a settled back line at the moment with Karius in goal, Klein, right full-back, Matip and Lovren as a centre-half partnership and Milner, they've conceded two goals in five games together. Now, they seem to be developing that understanding and we don't give many chances away, do we?
4: No, well, I agree with that. You know, I was saying you other a week, I was talking with Tom Mo about it. And I, I thought, you know, we, we, because what we've got going forward, you know, we're going to score goals. It's what we concede. And he said, well, listen, when you look at the players that we've got who were playing regular every week, he went through each one of them, centre back, right back, left back, he we went through each one of them. He said, they've all had a great season. I said, yeah, they have. I said, but he keeps conceding. He said, yes, but from free kicks and corners, that's when they score and they're not you know, going through us and things like that. He said, it, it is from free kicks. And he's probably right. It is from free uh, So we can put that right and, and, and not concede as many as we have done, then we've got to be there or thereabouts. And I keep saying that, and I've said that for the last four, five, six weeks. If we keep playing like we're playing and creating like we're creating and taking them chances... Liverpool they've very much so now they're so much like Newcastle where in '95, 96 when they nearly won the league that year this is the nearest I've, I've seen to that team and that was a good team at Newcastle and I think you can only get better at Liverpool.
1: Terry, Mike, I wanted to ask you about the manager, Jurgen Klopp. He's clearly bringing the best out of the current team and squad. But what about yeah, the crowd yeah, as well and on Saturday? You were there against Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. He, he had a little bit of a, a G-up moment and, and the crowd <laughs> responded. And, and it, we ended up winning the game.
4: I know, and you know, it's well, been absolutely like a breath of fresh air. Absolutely brilliant. Not frightened to make a decision on, on players. And sometimes that's the hardest thing when you've got to leave players out, or when you tell players you not you know no no longer needed. He's been a breath of fresh air, and you know what? And when you've seen him what he did, he cares. That's what that's what all. he cares about Liverpool. He cares about them players. All right. The- players that are not playing don't probably don't think that way but you can see his passion and when he done that on uh, it didn't half lift him as well didn't he the the crowd got going and then we go and win a game that was going to be very difficult we won a 2-0 so Keep it
1: going. <laughs> he signed his new contract, didn't he, um, a short time ago. And do you think he's going to be in it for the long haul and, and see it through? You know, we're all enjoying what he's produced at the moment, attacking football, but there's been links of, of, you know, likes of Bayern Munich wanting him and teams like that. But you think he'll see it out at Liverpool and, and hopefully oh, bring do. the Le- league to for us?
4: I do, Neil, yeah. I, I think he'll, you know, he signed a five year contract. Let's hope he's here for 10 years. He's a breath of I keep saying a breath of fresh air, but he is. He's a, and he, he's passionate, he cares about the club. He, 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 I've got no doubt in my mind in five years' time he'll still be here. Uh,
1: how good would he, would he be to play for if you were playing nowadays, do you think?
4: I'd be too frightened to be Neil, you know, because when he's, he, he gets that angry face on and his teeth, I mean, he's got big teeth, has he, you know? So- so, so, I'm not too sure'm not too sure about that. I want to be on the wrong side of him, but I'd certainly love to play for him. Is it right that you've got a book coming out in March? I have nearly yeah, i've got um in March it's um, more or less doing that. I'm just finishing it off today and then um go to the publishers and it's probably coming out in March, probably back end of March, so I'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to reading it actually. I've not read it yet, so <laughs> I'll, I'll do that over the next few weeks
1: is it Is this the first book you've released why why now
4: yeah. yeah. No, never, never, you Neil. Know, have never, um, never intended to do it at all. Just that like people have said, have asked me why I've never done a book." or everyone else to do? Some people have done two or three books, you know. I've never done one, so I've, I've got a couple of little stories. I'm sure people are getting moved with. What
1: What can we expect? And you're saying about a few of the stories? You know, must be plenty from your Liverpool time. Some of the best memories, perhaps. Well,
4: yeah. I mean, I've I've been looking up. I've been everywhere. I've been. I've, I've enjoyed being there. You know, sometimes you get through. To, to club you know what have I done here but I, I, even at Bury I love playing at Bury that's where I started my career out and then went to Newcastle and um, where I still live there now and obviously Liverpool me glory days if you like you know for for eight years I was here and I loved every minute of it and I'm, I'm just going to tell them little stories that people probably haven't heard of, of before so looking forward to doing it and looking forward to people buying it
1: Terry mag I've got to ask you you've won so many trophies throughout your career you know I'm looking at four league titles two league cups three European cups a UEFA cup PFA player of the Just, year <laughs> a, 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 any standout is there one particular one that stands out as the biggest achievement for you I, th- I think
4: I, I, you know, obviously the, on a personal point of view winning the double player of the year in the same year you know which was the first time it's ever been done it was never done before then it's been done since then but so that's from a personal point of view, but from a from a from a from a team point of view, playing for Liverpool is winning the European Cup for the first time, 1977. I'll never forget that. I mean, you never forget any games like that. But you know, beating Real Madrid, beating in um, uh, Bruges, and you know, beating them game, beating them teams are brilliant. But you'll never ever forget all of the things that went on in, in uh, Rome. It was unbelievable seeing 30,000 Liverpoolians in that stadium. Well, you, you don't forget them days, and to win the game is just incredible. So. I'll never forget that and that's probably the highlight of my career anyway
1: Terry Matt we're looking forward to this book coming out we can read all about (laughs) those stories and thanks for joining us on the Five Times podcast ah no problem cheers
0: the final word on the Five Times podcast
1: that's it for this week my thanks to the guests of course Ewan McCauley who gave us some great feedback there on, on what's next for the young players Terry McDermott who was on Great Form as ever and John Barnes what a great to listen to him wasn't it so it's Bournemouth away this weekend. They're doing okay in the league, twelfth, decent at home. it will be a tough game, but let's hope we can maintain this momentum. Fifteen games unbeaten. Perhaps we may see Lalana back in the side for Mino. Whoever's out there, I'm sure they'll put a decent performance, and we'll talk all about that next week. Thanks for listening.